Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Three Under Par podcast. This is a golf podcast where little white ball is live. I'm your host, Scotty T, and I'm joined by my co-host, KJ at the bottom, T-Bone over there. What's up, boys? What's going on? What's up? Still practicing our social distancing due to COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, but we can still play golf. If you're new here, thanks for being here. Golf podcast, Little White Balls Life, that's our saying. KJ, man, you've been playing a lot of golf, and I am loving it. We were able to get out there on uh, Sunday and play, though. That was pretty fun. Yeah, we, Sunday, we, uh, told, we told KJ he was playing a lot of golf like three weeks ago, and I think it's ramped up playing. since then. Yeah. Yeah. Good play. No, you it's actually 36. decreased. It's decreased quite a bit. Uh, instead of the, uh, you know, five days a week, I'm still probably getting to play the same amount of golf, just not as often. I'm, I'm, every time I get to the golf course, I try to get as many in as the sun will allow. Definitely. So if you're new here because you listened to the Paul Tesoro interview, glad you're here. Thank you for subscribing. So uh, subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, write reviews, follow us on social media at three on a par pod the number three three on a par pod uh fun weekend across the board i'd say uh kj and scaff y'all were playing in a what was it the big kahuna tournament yeah we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about the tournament at merido and then we're also going to talk about the match that was just announced today between hovland or not hovland dj ricky Rory and Matthew Wolf. And then at the end, we're going to attach the Chris Stroud interview. Scaff coming in clutch, getting the Chris Stroud interview. Fellas, that's our first ever PGA Tour card holding member who has come on the show. I'm loving it. I'm fired up. Stay tuned for that later. I'll put the time uh, description down in the bottom in the description. So, uh, well, I'm really excited, dude. Stroud, he's a Houston guy. We're based in Houston. That was a lot of fun, Scaff. What'd you think? Yeah, it was pretty sweet. I uh, he was. I I didn't really know what it was gonna be like, and I was almost kind of intimidated talking to a PGA Tour player. But I think if we wanted to, the the interview could have lasted hours. Definitely good content. Good content for sure. A guy like him, who's I don't know if under the radar is the right word, but he's been on tour for such a long time. He has one win at the Barracuda, and that came – was it the Barracuda? Yep. And that came at a time where he was about to retire. He was about to just stop playing altogether. But that just shows that timing is everything. And he ended up getting the win, continues PJ Tour career. He represents Houston very well. He's from Southeast Texas originally, the Golden Triangle area to be more specific. Port Natchez Groves, very passionate people down there, very proud people. So uh, he talks a little bit about that and how uh, he represents Houston. Because I know he did a lot of good work during Hurricane Harvey when that hit Houston pretty hard. And uh, we talk a little bit about, about the transition to Memorial Park too. But before we get there, fellas, talk about the big Kahuna tournament. Y'all both played but on different teams, right? Yeah, we did. We start? actually uh, – Met in the parking lot for a picture beforehand because uh, I get a text from Scaff saying, my outfit is so bad that I'm actually bringing a backup outfit in case they don't let me on. You brought a, you brought a backup outfit? I brought khaki shorts, <laughs> just in case. 
It's better um, than a dress, right? It is. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we posted it on uh, on Instagram, and I did think I saw one of the most demeaning comments I've seen on an Instagram. I don't know who said it, but they said type of outfits that uh, looks like you're going to go searching for Pro V ones. I was like, shit. That's. I mean, were they wrong? Kind of accurate. It's kind of accurate for <laughs> how the day went, but. Um, it was a fun tournament. I uh, so my team was rolling in a little late. I think the full squad was there about twenty-five or thirty minutes before our tea time, and there was this huge, like, monster barbecue lunch served, and you had to do a bunker competition before. Mm. Also, so we I had like twenty-five minutes to eat a barbecue lunch and do this bunker competition so i'm driving the cart over you know trying to eat these fucking brisket and sausage that weighs like two pounds and i'm just stuffing it down they're like all right hit a bunker shot and i was like okay and the two guys that went before me were our two ringers they hit it in the circle like almost hole it out and i'm like all right here we go and I kid you not, I hit the ball about 18 inches. Stayed in the bunker. Oh, I thought you meant two 18 inches. You meant you no. hit it 18 inches. I hit it 18 Ooh. inches, and it stayed in the bunker. Nice. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> but um, to much of my surprise, I actually played really good. I uh, It's been a while since I played in a scramble, and I'm starting to pinpoint – more and more that my game is mental. That's where I'm struggling because it's the best I've hit the ball off the tee in a long time. And I think it's because I know I have four tee shots that aren't mine. So, but it was a lot of fun. Um, me and KJ both got pencil whipped across the face. Um, Every tournament. The worst I've ever seen, ever. That was bad. When you sent we that screenshot out to and us. We got second by so, so my squad, just to break it down a little bit, my team, it was me and my boy Domo. Uh, Domo, and we're about, shout out. Shout out to Domo. We're about five to seven handicaps. Our other two guys were relatively close to scratch. So we thought we had a pretty good team and, you know, just didn't make some putts here and there. Had a couple eagles, but think finished at 15 under which i thought we didn't think was going to win but it's okay and then kj came in 54 which i thought was really good and uh they sent us this the leaderboard the next day and turns out we lost by nine <laughs> which is a 48 and 48 was the winning score are you kidding me yeah there was not a 48 out there and Campbell, our, our previous guest, he was one of the ringers on our team. He had signed us up and got everything organized. And he emailed the tournament director, and he just straight up was like, you're going to have people – it's like, wow, 48. So they're not even going to try and hide cheating. And the, even the tournament director was like, yeah, I, I asked him about the mulligans and stuff. But apparently they had a hole-in-one on hole 11, which was playing about 220 into the wind. Yeah. So, I mean – Dude, those part threes are tough out there. And yeah. KJ, it's another second place finish on the belt at Cypresswood. How's I think it feel? That's, 
I think that's uh, five out of six second place. And the other one, that sixth one, we tied for second and lost in that playoff. So, or that that distance playoff from the uh, that little part three at the beginning, whatever it was. Oh yeah. So, Man. yeah, it's 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 literally you go out there and you play for second place. You play for the free booze and uh, barbecue. That's that's what we've kind of just kind of written off first place. My thing, my takeaway from this tournament is, I mean, when you're playing in a scramble with prizes at a public course, I mean, you might as well. Yeah, like you said, there's no reason to really play for the no. for the win. You go out there, um, you get hammered, and yeah. that's. Oh. If you play at a private course, you at least have a reputation to uphold and people know each other. I don't know who the hell those guys are. Maybe we need to have them on the podcast because they can all be on the PGA Tour. I think um, I think we should uh, challenge possibly. them for We have their names. Yeah. 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 I was like, Scott, let's go track them down. Let's go get them. <laughs> I was like, all right. That sounds good. I didn't good. say it that violently, but that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. I, I was interpreting for you on that, but – I mean, because I played pretty well on Sunday. Two mile horn. That's probably the best I've hit the ball in a long time, to be honest. So, it's pretty fired up, man. Corona yep. life. We're going to keep playing, keep working. Little white ball is life. But just to give you a little uh, insight on what my team was rolling up with um, to this tournament, we had uh, three cases of White Claws, um, quite a few beers, and on the way – Nate stops at the liquor store. I go in with him, and he goes, hey, do you have any of those uh, little fireballs? And she goes, oh, yeah, right over here. And there's, like, six of them. And he goes, yeah, do you have a brick of fireball? And I'm just like <laughs> – so she gets the saran wrap thing out like that, <laughs> sells him a brick of fireball. So it was yes. it was a most toasty people, tournament. Most people don't know what that is. The no- <laughs> Actually, the normal person doesn't know what that I is. I agree. Yeah. As, as soon as he said yes, I was just like – it's just like just for the listeners out there it's basically like a mini thing of bubble wrap with just like rotating pocket shots of fireball it's it's a violent thing to look at it's it's hard on the eyes Mm -hmm. that's so good i love it (laughs) well good time again another second place finish hopefully uh cypress will keep those going because those tournaments are fun and i think we're talking about it kj it's probably what eighty bucks, give or take, to play in one of those four-man scrambles. Uh, it's ninety-two bucks. Ninety-two. Well, yeah. I mean, for us, eighty bucks if they do it on the Cypress course. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, generally we finish at least top three, and we always yep. get pro shop credit, so I feel like we come ahead most of the time. Definitely worth it. Got a hundred-dollar gift card to pay for the next one that I'm going to get second place in on June. Yeah. Pretty excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh man absolutely so pj tour still not going on well first off before we move on is there anything else i want to add about the weekend i think we're good i think we need to have the, the guys that want on the podcast so yeah open invitation to those guys who want to we'll come their on names and we'll, we'll tell we'll, me we'll try okay. to DM them and see if we can get them set up four on four those part threes out there because we played the masters disasters about a month ago that's the first time I played traditions in a long time. Those par three suck. Each one is like 215, 220. Maybe there's one that's under 200 yards and generally plays into the wind somehow. Like, and you're telling me you got a hole in one on that? Like, get out of here, man. I mean, it was wow. the only one that was really playing short, and I think it was like 150 something. 
two was actually as easy as they could have made it play. They put it right in that front. Last time they put okay. it up and over around that ridge. Yeah, up, it was like right bunker. on top. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you, what are you going to do? 200 yards out, and I got to hit it in the five-by-five five area? Like, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> like, balloon slice and hold it. That's yeah, all you got. So, considering that team made no pars, that's six eagles and 12 birdies. That's what I just get. Six birdies? Or, sorry, six eagles? I'm the just lowest, not buying that. The lowest that I've ever shot in a four-man scramble, KJ was there. We witnessed it. We were on the same team. We shot 50. And uh-huh. we played lights out. We eagled – oh, we we had one double eagle because it was like the tiger drive or whatever that we bought. Okay, so we had yeah. one double eagle. We eagled every par five except for one. So we birdied one par five and then birdied everything else. Like it was a damn near perfect round. And that gets you the 50. Like, 48, like, get out of here. You shouldn't be welcome back. Yeah, that's right. And they, I wasn't what, even playing, and I'm getting Yeah, I was just about to say, this. you're more heated than we were. You weren't even playing. What, they, they won by six? Yeah, we were second, and we, we got beat by six. That doesn't happen in a four-man scramble. Nope. Not at all. Anywho. I got to move on, <laughs> or else I'm going to get worked up even more. 48, get out of here. Okay, so, PJ Tour still not going on. Uh, when are they coming back? About a month from now, I think, is the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial, June yep. 4th. So we got to wait another month. No PGA Tour golf. And there's been a little bit of golf, though, that's being played, thankfully. I want to start off with the tournament at Merido. Up in Dallas, Scotty Scheffler won. Pretty sick. Scotty Scheffler, great dude. He's on my list of, like, up-and-coming guys Keep your eye out for that guy is a stud. He's going to be a multiple major winner on the PJ Tour, in my opinion. And he went out to Merido and won. Pretty good. Uh, T-Bone, a little golf gossip, though, came from that weekend, huh? Um, you're talking about Spieth? Yeah. Yeah. Is so, he canceled? No. No? Okay. Um, yeah, we said 2020 is good to go. It's a uh, bad month to get back really... on it's a bad year to get back on track. Um, Maybe he needs this but, time. This could be crucial for him to get his game back. Yeah, it could. Definitely. But, yeah, this tournament, uh, this was a fundraiser basically for caddies in the Dallas area, things like that. Um, it's also the course where Scott lost to Darren Williams. Um, <laughs> yes, that is the NBA player Darren Williams, just for the record. Unreal. That's where – okay, so Merido <laughs> is where the – if you go back and listen to the episode, I don't even know what number it is, like 40-something. It's called The Golfing Disaster. I played in the Texas Mid-Am this year, and you know what? I got that for both of you guys <laughs> right there because – Easy. I'm not the one who's shooting least, shots at you. Hey, at least I qualified for it. I shot 74 Sterling to qualify for that tournament. I was pretty – I didn't even qualify. I was the alternate. But anyway – not the point. Sorry, I had to. I had to. That's fair, but that course is tough. That course is a mother effort that is so difficult. I will stand by that. It needs to host the U.S. Open, and I think it proves that it that course is worthy because they like it hosted a mini PGA Tour event, if you will. Yeah, out there. So no, I wrong. agree. Continue. But yeah, it was uh, so. <laughs> So the tournament was – it was just some kind of hodgepodge of tour pros in the Dallas area. I think Romo played in it, did absolutely terrible. But uh, – Victor Hobbins played in it too. Okay. 
Yeah. How bad did he play? Did he beat Scott? Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to check the scores. <laughs> You're mean. No way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know which hole it is, but it was a short par three. I want to say around 120 yards, and all the holes were, I guess, COVID modified and have the three prong shallow hole that's just it's a lot shallower hole a lot of the course cypress yeah, would have had it's it this like, week. Yeah, yeah that's where they flip the cups yeah yep. so that's why it's shallower yep so spieth apparently had a, a one hopper right into the hole rattles out goes in the water and there was kind of some back and forth of whether or not it was a hole in one um i think all of his playing partners said it would have been a hole in one and uh, balled it up in the water. He said he hasn't had a hole in one in years, so would have been nice. But um, I think he took, he played the balls if it went in the water. And I think he also bought drinks for people after, also. Nice. That's a double so, whammy. That's brutal. Yeah. Hey, so, nice bogey. Also, you're on the hook for uh, everybody's drinks. Yeah. So, so is that one of those, because there's no doubt that Spieth has struggled. How many – it's been multiple years now. He hasn't really been in contention that often. I say that. Didn't he finish top five at the PGA last year? Whatever. He hasn't won since the British Open in 2017. And he said, I've been shut off for a while, so hopefully this is a good omen. It's a good omen if you count it in your head, but the ball technically went in the water. So is it really that good of an omen? Like, I don't know. I hope it is, personally. Yeah. Um. The thing with Spieth is just no matter how bad he's playing, I think he's just always going to be a pick for the Masters. Definitely. So. Definitely, yeah. It's one of those two where it's like, I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I totally lost my train of thought there. But uh, side note, I think the uh, – I totally forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, KJ, what's going on? <laughs> Looking good, Scott. Got, You're nailing it. I got nothing. I got nothing right now. Uh, That's all yeah. I really had on it. Everybody else who's playing, Will Zalatoris played. If you're not familiar with Will Zalatoris, uh, he's actually uh, friends with some guys, Thomas, that we went to high school, went, that we went to college with. Uh, the Harringtons. Yeah. So yeah, they know, Will's like. Out- they know everyone who we've talked about who's played in this tournament. I feel yeah, like, like all yeah. those kids that grew up in Dallas. Like, that's why, like, so Scotty Shelf is from Highland Park. Zalatoris, I think, is from Preston Hollow. Uh, like, they all grew up playing golf together, including a lot of buddies that we went to college with. So, uh, like, I've gotten to know Scotty a little bit. Um, I just also remember playing him against him in junior golf when he was, like, four years younger than me and beating everybody. He was so good. It's like one of those guys. Uh, Zalatoris is another guy where he's on the corn ferry right now. Keep an eye out for him. He's going to be a stud. One other guy. So there are a couple of college kids that played Austin Eckhart. He's over at Oklahoma state right now and rising sophomore at Texas, Travis Vick. Uh, quick note on Travis Vick. He's a Houston kid. I went grew up to, playing with him. He went to second Baptist, my alma mater. Go Eagles. That kid's so good. I've never seen him play, but based off the scores and everything that he's put together, like that guy's going to be really, really good as well. So the state of Texas, man, we produce golf talent, Florida, California, and Texas. There's so much good golf down here, man. It's crazy. 
That's all I got on that. Anything else? The next match. The next match that we want to talk about was announced today. And three of the names are solid. I would say all four are pretty solid, but three of them are, like, phenomenal. So you got Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy are going to be playing against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf. KJ, let's start off with you, man. What what do you think about this? A, I love it just in general with the Merido thing and with the Skins game. Yeah, Skins game that's going on. I'm surprised that it's taken this long to get to it. PJ Tour hasn't played since the players. That's been almost two months. Um, Shroud talks about it in his interview. He said he's not really even playing golf right now. But And I think McElroy posted a video. He hasn't played in like seven weeks. But – uh, I'm surprised more of this is, hasn't happened sooner, but I'm glad it is right now. So, KJ, who you got in this match? Well, just touch on that, what you're saying about these matches. You would think that this would be a perfect time. Remember growing up with Shell's Wonderful World of Golf, and you'd have those just head-to-head matches, awesome. You would think that they would be doing that, like, twice a week with different guys on the tour. Like, a match every other day almost where no fans or anything, but at least televise it, you know? There's nothing wrong with two guys going out there in a camera crew. That's not an issue at all. That would be awesome to watch. If you've seen on Instagram, Ricky and Justin Thomas are playing pretty much every day. They're playing with Persimmon Woods and all that stuff. Yeah, I saw that. If they put that that on the Golf Channel or something, that would be awesome. It's already there. Why not? Yeah. With the rest Um, of the sports world that is completely stopped, like something like this is exactly what we need. To get 100%. through the time. Absolutely. Hell, even um, their lefty match. That would have been awesome. That would have been fun to watch all the way through because yeah. you'd you'd be able to be like, wow, these guys are the, some of the best players in the world. But look how hard this shit is. Yeah. Like, it's, that's hard stuff. Golf is hard. Seeing them struggle for once would have uh, almost been nice. And yeah. welcoming to see that. <laughs> all right, so I am very surprised that they're putting DJ and Rory on the same team. That being said, I do not think Matthew Wolf is the lowest ranked player in that foursome. I think I think if you were to put Rory and Wolf together, it wouldn't even be a show. I think Wolf is uh better than Ricky right now. No doubt. Really? Yeah. What? And DJ's just so well, what's the format? Did they say the format? Is it is it a four ball? The skins game. Let's see. Are they doing skins with teams like that? Oh, also on a side note, it's taking place at Seminole Golf Club, which is the first time it's going to be televised. Seminole is that's like the Augusta National of Florida, pretty much. Seminole Golf Club. Like one of their big claim to fame is that they turned down Jack Nicholas as a member at one point. Is that but, cool to do or? Yeah, like, why would that be something you'd talk about? <laughs> it's it's a bunch of probably old white guys with so much money that they can do whatever they want. Great. More power to them. I, uh, I'm looking – I'm trying to find – I don't know what – all right, we so, got 10 minutes left. The thing – the I know he's good, but it's just so freaking random that Matthew Wolf is in this. Like, how did he, of all people, get a spot in this? That's a great question. I don't know. That's that is a phenomenal so question. You know, put a Brooks Kepka in there. Yeah, and it's the event. I want to say it's sponsored by TaylorMade. Yeah, 
Does that have anything to so do with that it? That might be why. Same, Maybe he's but a, then at the same time, I know Ricky, I guess he plays their golf ball, but, I mean, he's not a tailor-made guy. So that's random, too. I thought he's hitting their – is he hitting their drivers right now? I don't think so. I think he's pretty Cobra through and through. I think he's – yeah, I think he's locked Still? in Cobra. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's just – I don't know. There's – I mean, I think that guy – what's his name? Uh, Tiger Woods. He's like yeah. a tailor-made guy. Um, but I guess he's already tied up in the other tournament. But. Yeah, we, we haven't really talked about that. The Tiger, Phil versus Brady yeah. and Peyton. That's yep. interesting. Brady's See, got a pretty good little like, move. I was looking at Brady hitting some, I guess it was like knockdown wedges. He's got a pretty good little move. Yeah. But then you gotta you got to think as much as Peyton's had time away from football now, <laughs> you know he's out there just swinging the sticks. So, Right. That's hard to call. So, uh, Scaff, who you got? No, but um, real quick, I couldn't agree with you more. I think having Matthew Wolf, I'm, I've been on the record saying that Matthew Wolf will be the best player to ever come out of Oklahoma State. But there are three guys, three PGA Tour rookies right now, or I guess last year, that have already won on tour Wolf, Hovland, and Colin Morikawa. Right? I would think, at least right now, Matthew Wolf isn't the best out of those three. So I'm with you. Like, how did he get? I would say probably Morikawa was the best player at the moment. Yeah, obviously it could shuffle from week to week because all those guys are so freaking good. But hey, more power to him. He's playing with the big dogs. Let's see how he does. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, he cashed out for that because that is just so freaking random that he's in that tournament. Yeah. Um, pretty much a landslide on uh, who we're picking on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on. I think so. It's got to be DJ and Rory. I mean, they're the two like best drivers of the golf ball, maybe ever. And and you, you got to look at DJ though. He's so like awesome or middle of the road though, you know, because his putting woes. And same thing kind of with Rory though, you know. If you get the other two guys going, you might make a match. But on paper, it looks like Rory and DJ should just like annihilate I would, him. I would take DJ C game over. 90% of the PJ Tour, though. Like, he's still – and Roy McIlroy C game. I'll take Roy McIlroy's probably D game over anybody else on tour. Yeah, like those he's, guys are just always playing like shit, and they finish in a major. Always. Yeah. Roy McIlroy, those backdoor top tens. What can we say? So, that's really excited. I am – maybe it takes so long to do stuff like this because of the production value that's gone behind this. It's going to be like PJ Tour, NBC Sports, Sky Sports are getting involved. Like, holy crap, that's a lot of hands in the cookie jar to get something like this done. But bottom line is I'm glad they're getting it done. Um, but to your point, Scaff, maybe we can just go to Instagram and watch people play left-handed. Yeah, either one. Either one sounds good to me. KJ, you mentioned the Shells World of Golf. I couldn't agree more. Bring it back right now. Now's the time, especially with the on-demand service that you have now. It's like, you know what? If I want to go see Brant Snedeker go play, I don't know, anybody else, Chris Stroud, then if you want to pay $19.99 to go see it, hey, more power to you. Like, those guys got nothing else going on. As Paul DeSori mentioned, like, they're not getting paid because they're not playing. This could be a good – anyway. Bring it back. Should we talk about the other match that we just who's, briefly touched on? Yeah, we just briefly touched on it. Who's who's playing with Tiger? Is it 
Brady? Peyton. Peyton. Peyton Manning's playing with Tiger. One of my Phil favorite episodes of Entourage is Tom Brady and when uh, Drama breaks his club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Shout out to Garza, friend of the pod. I got to go Tiger. It's Tiger Woods. Peyton so, has probably Tiger, been working Tiger on the game. Tiger and Peyton or Tiger and Brady? Tiger and Peyton. I think Peyton's been playing a lot of golf post-retirement, and Tiger's still the best player in the world. Hmm. That's hard to say because I think Tiger more than Phil, but Brady more than Peyton, I would say. Mm. But what, what are they playing? Are they playing at uh, four ball? Uh, I think they're playing down in Jupiter. What, yeah, but what, are they, what format are they playing? I don't know. I mean, you can't just play a natural four ball because then the other two guys are there just for the show. Yeah, it's got to be some sort of like two-man scramble or maybe shamble. Probably not shamble, but uh, it's probably going to be a scramble, or it's going to be like a uh, a splicing of the. Would scramble the even sport. work? That wouldn't even work. They're just going to take the pro shot. No, yeah, no. scramble will work because you'd still have opportunities for you know one of them to hit a good wedge shot or somebody. I hit just a good, think no chance in hell. Still, I think it's going to be some combined score type thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. I have no idea how two old quarterbacks golf games are. I know a lot of golf, probably, but they'll probably do stable for a point system type deal. So Tiger makes birdie, they get two, yeah, and yeah. somebody makes double, and there's you know minus points, something like that. Stable for stable for on uh, handicaps is what I would bet. I will say I want to see Jake Owen on the call though after his story about the Phil Mickelson thing. Get Jake great. Owen out there. That man needs to be there. All right, we got three minutes left before Zoom kicks us off so is there anything else y'all would like to add bring up thoughts concerns no suddenly so much we can cover right now yeah and i think we're good hopefully we'll be together soon i mean we all live in the same city we play golf together but uh social distancing are still in order texas is slowly opening back up which is great big fan of that uh as I mentioned, we got some golf content coming your way. KJ and I were talking about it. I think maybe some of the new schedules is we'll still drop the podcast Tuesday mornings. We will upload another video probably on Fridays. That's what we're. That's what I'm thinking. Whether it be KJ, we still got to get your New Zealand trip from January up there. I got yep. the four ball video, and then we might do some fun golf stuff. Whether it be trick shots or. Uh, I got some other ideas in the pipeline. Us playing a regular nine holes together, fun bets. Comment below on what you think we should do or what fun bets we did. To give you an idea, Scaff played an entire dra- round in a dress last year. Yeah, that that doesn't. Uh, it was awesome. That really opens up the door for what people uh, can suggest we do. If uh, that's not off the table, then we can pretty much do anything they want us to do for them. We'll, we'll do it. We'll give the people the content they want. Also, a couple of shout-outs. We got some new subscribers on YouTube. I want to shout-out to, to, those, to those people. 4 to 4 Golf down in Australia. Really good. Neon City Golf, too. If you subscribe, I'll give you the shout-out. How about that? Thanks for – I'm figuring out there's a really good golf community on YouTube. They're really great. And, um, boys, I think that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. Chris Stroud interview coming up. It's great. Houston guy, longtime PJ Tour member. 
Thanks, Chris, for coming on. Go check out the Paul DeSori interview last week. Webb Simpson was on the No Laying Up podcast that dropped uh, today. So we got his caddy on last week. It's great. Fellas, until next time, good chat. Follow us on social media, write the reviews. You know the drill. We're running out of time. And remember, little white ball is life. So, uh, Thomas, you want to take it from here, man, since you got this all set up? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, uh, again, thanks for hopping on. I think we're going to do just 15, 20 minutes or so to get you out of here, and that works for you. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Chris, where do you play at mostly around here? Um, I play at Lock I used to play at Lock a lot, um, but I found some other courses where I, I feel like Lock it's a beautiful place, obviously, and amazing, but it, uh, it's, to me, it's not quite the right course to prepare to go on the road. Mm-hmm. So I play, I play a lot of the Woodlands courses. Um, lately, I've been playing a lot of the uh, Houston Oaks, which they took a golf course over and redid it. And I, I've been playing out there with a friend of mine. I think I'm going to join there. It's, it's out off 290 yeah. and 99. And I tell you what, it's one of my favorite courses in Houston. It's really well built. It's got amazing greens, shaved all the way around off the greens. I mean, you can, you know, you've got all types of short. And really, at the end of the day, I need a place where I can practice all types of short game shots. Anything from, you know, 120 yards and in that has very challenging, tough, deep bunkers, you know, flop shots, chip bumping runs and putting off the green. I mean, that's the kind of stuff I need to practice because when you go on the road, I'm playing all these very difficult golf courses with tough greens and firm greens. And so that place is one of the best I've seen. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I, I, I got to play it before they redid it. Even before they redid it, I was like, holy cow, this is not, it's not your typical course uh, down here in Houston, but uh, now that's great. Yeah. It's, it's very special. I mean, I would put it, in the same category as Blue Jack. I played Blue Jack quite a few times. Um, Blue Jack's obviously a little bigger course. I mean, it's really pretty and, you know, a lot of undulation out there. This place a little flatter, uh, but the skill level to play that golf course and around the greens, you, you've got to have all the shots, and that's where I need to practice the most uh, to prepare. So it's it's really great golf course. So, so Chris, I guess just kind of an, uh, following off of that, how does how do all these courses compare to the P-Patch? <laughs> well, the old patch, um, that's a special nine holes. Uh, the pro when I was growing up was Josh LaBeouf, who happened to be a student of my dad. My dad was a science teacher for 30 years in uh, physical science, actually, and then became a chemistry teacher later. But uh, Josh LaBeouf was the pro, very, very sweet guy always took care of me let me come out there and play anytime i wanted to you know and if anybody's ever played the pea patch it's a it's a flat uh square piece of land they had sewage ditches or uh, drainage ditches around two two sides and uh, on one of the holes there's a huge water tower up the side of it and then uh, they built <laughs> built dog legs with white ob sticks um but it was a special place i got to learn how to I had to learn how to chip off really tight dirt and, you know, little bitty t- turtle back greens. And it was a really special place. A lot of great memories out there. That's awesome. So I actually never had the chance to play it, but yeah. a little, a little history is my dad. I'm not sure which hole it is, but 
my dad grew up, his childhood home was on one of the holes. Wow. And, that's awesome. And a quick story is that he said they never, they always had golf balls in their backyard yep. from time to time. And the only time they had a broken window was, uh, came through the bathroom while my grandfather was on the can. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What a great story. Yeah. So, uh, it seems like a pretty cool place, which, uh, wish I was able to play it. It was really cool. I mean, it was small and little bitty. I mean, they had some really rundown golf carts. Cart paths were just, I mean, cracked up and old. And obviously, they didn't have a lot of income to take care of the place. Um, a lot of people, um, when I was much younger, they always called it, you know, a bar with nine holes on, on the backside, you know. <laughs> Uh, but it was, you know, a lot of great, a lot of great golfers there. I mean, really, really nice guys. They always had a Tuesday and a Friday game. And, um, sometimes they'd let me play when I, cause I was pretty young. So I was doing a lot of practice, but I found a few friends out there and we'd use a pool cart and go out there and play as many holes as I needed to. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I just think it's crazy that, um, that you were able to make it to the PGA tour with that kind of being your launching pad, as well as Andrew Landry. Yeah, it, there's no question. It's super rare. Yeah. There's something in the water, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think it's just uh, that area, the Port Natchez Groves area where Andrew grew up was, I know it's it's, it's a hub of, I feel like, uh, very driven people. I mean, there's a lot of great families that live there. One of the best high schools, I believe, in the country. I mean, we had we have incredible football program there um, an almost college level type high school football and and uh, they had one of the greatest marching bands in the country my, my sisters were all through my sisters were in the band going through um, a lot of just a lot of great people and um, a lot of people through the years would they all just stay there you know they have kids and they their kids go to schools and those kids have kids and it was it was really really special place and I feel like my generation was really the first generation where a lot of us moved away. And I guess because of opportunities for work and different things in Houston, um, you know, it was getting easier and easier to get to Houston. The roads were getting rebuilt and widened. And, and I don't know, it just seems like a lot of people my age have left. And uh, that's why I feel like the population of the area went down and uh, it's still a great place to live. And it's uh, what we, what I obviously called my original home, but uh, Houston is my home now and um, absolutely love it and don't see myself moving anywhere else, um, you know, for the rest of my life. I feel like my, hopefully my kids will, will find a great place. Uh, I've got two girls of 10 and seven and, and I feel like I'm going to call that home for the rest of my life. That's great. Yeah. That's and awesome. Chris, we know, I know, especially during Hurricane Harvey, um, you were able to, help out with a lot of the recovery efforts uh, that are there, um, which was fantastic. And you know, some people are still feeling the effects. I don't think people realize that. It's 2020, almost two and a half years later, and some people are still recovering from that. And obviously with the coronavirus thing that's going on too, there's just seems like there's always something uh, going on with Houston. So with Houston being home, what do you think about the Houston Open moving from Golf Club of Houston to Memorial Park? You know, I've always talked to my friends on tour when we come into Houston. They would always ask me. We'd either play a practice round or we'd be in the clubhouse or the locker room. They're like, hey, where, you know, where where do you go? Where do you go eat? Where do you go 
do things or watch movies, you know, because for all these years, it's been out of Redstone. Now, then it became Fall Creek and, you know, and um, uh, now it's the golf club of Houston. So it's changed names a few times. <laughs> but every time we'd show up, you know, you're kind of out, to be honest, out kind of almost a farmland type area and great golf course, but you're 25 minutes from anything. And every time I would talk to my friends, I'd be like, guys, man, I wish one day that there's so many golf courses here in Houston that are great that could hold this tournament. And I would tell them about the Woodlands that used to, you know, for 20 years or so helped held the Houston Open now as the insperity for the Champions Tour. And, you know, that's where I kind of live up in the Woodlands. And I had a lot of friends in my house over the years. We'd have wine parties. And I had a friend of mine that's one of the best, biggest wine collectors in the world, Dr. Devinder Bhatia. The last six years, he's let me invite five couples uh, with my wife and then five other couples. We all show up at his house. He's got a, you know, a 14,000 bottle wine cellar underground. <laughs> and so we'd have like a really, really high end dinner, a five course meal and catered. And, uh, it's just an incredible piece of, I mean, it's an incredible estate and mansion he has there. So a lot of my friends have met him and, um, but I'm so happy that with, you know, even though the golf course was great and a lot of guys loved it out there, I was always waiting for, uh, something like this to happen. And for it to move finally to Memorial Park just could not have been uh, any better timing, couldn't have been a better idea. I think it's amazing. I think it's great for the city of Houston. Um, obviously, with COVID-19, it might have been a good thing for the course because the course was still growing. Um, they needed a lot of work and uh, obviously got rebuilt. I, I was there with Mr. Jim Crane. I played with him in the opening day. On, you know, we teed off on one and the mayor was there. And it was just a great event we had. Um, but, you know, being – I don't know the stats, but I would say Memorial Park has got to be up there close to Bethpage and some of the best public golf courses in the country. Um, I mean, I do know they were they were making over – grossing over $2 million a year just on the driving range. Oh, um, my gosh. And the old driving sure. range. And that's why Jim Crane raised a lot of money and built this top golf style driving range for them, for everybody downtown to have a great place to go hit balls. So I mean, I'm I'm super excited, uh, super excited that the Houston Open is going downtown, being at Memorial, right there by the Galleria, basically the nicest place and area, River Oaks area, right, uh, West Timer and all that, that, the best area in Houston. Where now all my friends can come in town uh, within a five or six mile radius from that golf course. Um, there's three or four hundred hotels. There's you know five, six, seven hundred restaurants. Um, so I'm just really excited for everybody to be able to, to, uh, experience Houston. Like I know it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think just as from the fan perspective, we're pretty excited to, um, just being close to the city. So I think it's going to be exactly. good for everyone. I think so too. Uh, and it always, I will say this, it always, no matter how, whoever runs the tournament or how much experience the tournament has, it always takes a couple of years, um, to get the tournament just right. And it could be a course set up or, a couple of holes that weren't set up right because they, you know, and obviously Tom Doke made the re the redesign and I've played it a few, a couple of times now and I thought he did a good job, but you know, as far as tournament goes, there's always something that needs to be cleaned up and made better. And so it always takes a couple of years. Um, I'm sure Jim Crane and uh, the Houston uh, Astros foundation, I'm sure they'll, they've got a lot of great people on board there. So I, they'll learn very quickly. And I'm sure they won't make a lot of mistakes. And uh, hopefully, 
the first year everybody's blown away and now with uh with it being placed where it is now and and obviously all those majors in the fall now it's it's going to be pretty interesting and i think it's going to be a totally different attitude and a totally different feel um now that we're going to the fall for the first time that's going to be pretty cool so i'm excited yeah i was kind of again as a fan i was kind of selfishly excited that it's almost in the peak of uh pga tour events yes and, yep. Yep. and all that so i think it is gonna be, be pretty cool yeah absolutely um, I'm I'm excited because it's always been I've always same thing I've always talked to my friends on tour like you know the springtime is nice it's it's an incredible place an incredible time to play golf in Houston you know we get eight or nine really good months a year uh, maybe even almost ten uh, to play golf in Houston and I've always said the fall is my favorite time of year to play golf because I feel like the weather is just so stable except for those monster hurricanes that have come in the last few years but most of my life the Houston area from October through December is usually amazing. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having Houston open the fall. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah, so uh, just kind of continuing on upcoming schedules and stuff. I was just kind of curious to know what's, what's been your, your current golf state uh, during this whole quarantine. Have you been kind of hanging it up or practicing? You know what? Um, I've really taken advantage. Well, one thing we had to move, we are building a new home. Uh, we've taken two years to, you know, make the, get the plans and, and get all that. We had a team of people and we've just created this beautiful house, but it, um, we were, we were hoping to be done by June, which we had, we found a two year lease that we got to move into right around the corner from the other house we lived in that we sold in nine days. We didn't need to, we thought it was going to take us a year to move out of this first home, but we had three offers in nine days. So we sold the house very quickly. So we had to move into a, a two-year lease so we could take our time, have plans, and build a house, build a new one. Well, we moved into this two-year lease, and now we've had all these delays with weather and different things, and so we're not done with the new house. Um, So we had to move out of a two-year rental into an Airbnb, and that's one of the reasons why we came up to the lake. Once we got out of a big house, a rental house we were in, we've got a lot of things in storage. And this little Airbnb is the smallest house we've lived in as a family, uh, which I love because it's easier on my wife and easier to clean. Um, but and my kids, you know, they're getting a little taste of reality. Oh, yeah. They're living in these mansions all these all their life, and now they're getting to live in a normal sized house. And they're like, "Daddy, I like this. It's kind of cool." And I, and I was like, "Well, I'm really glad you appreciate it." But um, you know, but anyway, we spent two weeks basically packing and moving into that. And then once we got done with that, we moved, came up here to the lake to take a break. But so I've been pretty busy. I mean, I've been lifting boxes, almost no golf. I've played two and a half rounds of golf the last six weeks, which has been amazing. You would think that it would be good on the body, but I feel like it's been worse. I feel like, and I've still worked <laughs> out. I'm doing, obviously there's no gyms to go to, but I have all my equipment up here. I brought all types of stuff and a lot of stretching, but if I don't get up and stretch and make my body, get my body moving and foam rolling and, you know, and, and, you know, do some exercises, I, I don't feel as good. It's, it's interesting. I thought with this time off, I would feel worse, uh, feel better, but I, I, don't, I don't, I feel worse. It's almost like golf. Um, as you get older, it helps you stay in shape rather than, uh, just hurt to play when, when, you, when you're younger, you, the more you play, you get your feet get sore, your legs get sore, your back gets sore just from playing. But 
uh, I feel like the older you get, yeah, you may get a little sore from walking or, or hitting a lot of golf balls. Your hands may get a little blisters on them and stuff. But the truth is, it uh, it keeps your body mobile. It keeps you moving. It makes you makes you feel good. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting back on it. And when I, we're going to step here for another two weeks, like I said. And I've been really enjoying some time with my, my girls. Uh, first time ever that I've been literally home for six weeks every single day, helping helping with do schoolwork and you know just being having a normal life. To be honest, I, I've I've actually enjoyed it probably most than most people. Um, I haven't been stuck at home, you know, bored out of my mind. We've we've actually been very busy because of the move and then uh, up here at the lake. So I've I've I've, I've loved it. I've loved it. I just uh, but I just haven't played much golf, very little golf, two and a half rounds. Um, like I said, I played Houston Oaks a couple of times and I played the Woodlands one time. So uh, golf has been uh, almost absent. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to I mean, I, I know for a fact that as soon as we get back on it, we I feel like I probably won't have one week off until December. I mean, it's going to be absolutely golf, golf, golf for you know, seven straight months, six, seven straight months. So I've wow. got to be prepared for that. And, um, and then I told my girls, I said, listen, this has been awesome for me and awesome for us. I really want us to enjoy this. But when daddy gets back home, it's, it's hardcore. I'll be playing golf basically every day for probably six straight months. Wow. That schedule that the PJ tour came out with looks insane. Whenever everything comes back, it, it is insane. It's going to be bunch back. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, to be honest, I'm a little surprised what they chose to do with rescheduling. I thought, I thought the best thing to do would be just, you know, whatever we missed, let's just let's just wait till next year, and then continue to keep the schedule the same, and play this year out whatever we have left, play for the purses, play the FedEx Cup, but don't have you know have like a prorated FedEx Cup retirement type deal, because you got to reward the guys that have played well. <clears throat> and then start the next season um basically the same as what they did come out with they did they did come out with a great idea they're not going to have any graduates from the web.com because the web.com has had almost no season and um so whoever finishes from 126 to 150 this year will have that category and whoever finishes 151 to 200 will be the 50 web.com graduate category which will be a reshuffle so i i think they really came up with a good plan there but the rescheduling the majors and all that i think that's a little crazy but um you know what it's gonna be fun i think it'll be fun for viewers obviously fun for us to play courses at a different time of year um and you you'll probably see a lot of different uh, different winners uh because the golf courses will be completely different some place where uh maybe a roy mcelroy or somebody wins you may see a completely type different winner win because the golf course is so different so it's going to be interesting all right chris i think we're gonna get you out of here a couple rapid fire though that thomas is ready for you okay all right what's your favorite movie man uh i'm gonna say i i got two of them shawshank redemption and bull durham nice big kevin costner fan um, I love Kevin Costner. Yeah, Tin Cup. You got that might be on the cutting room floor. Tin Cups, Tin Cups up there. Obviously, in sports movies, that's way yeah. up there. But Bull Durham is absolutely my favorite. Great. Uh, what's your favorite club? 
club. Yeah. Ooh, man, that changes all the time. I don't have one that's always. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say my driver. I love my driver. Nice. Um, what's your favorite stop on the PGA Tour? Hmm. A lot of good ones over there, out there. You know, the Players Championship is one of my favorites. Um, I mean, all the majors that change every year is pretty special. Houston Open is extremely special to me because it's my home tournament. Pebble Beach Pro-Am is incredible. A lot of friends out there I play with. Um, it's hard to answer just one because there's so many great ones. And you know what? I like Quill Hollow out there in uh, North Carolina, in Charlotte. I think that course is amazing. So that's one of my favorites. And then lastly, probably Colonial because of the history. That's awesome. All, all great places. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's uh yeah, it sounds like a ton of fun to plan those. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to say one. I mean, I really do have probably six or seven favorites, and I name most of them. And there's just a lot of special places. And unfortunately, I haven't. Even though I won the Barracuda Championship, it wasn't one that got invited to Augusta. I've been to Augusta twice, but I've and I said I'm not coming back until I play. And for some reason, I just uh, I haven't been been able to play. But I I guarantee you, when I get in Augusta, hopefully very soon, uh, that will probably go to the top pretty quickly because i that's one of my favorite golf courses and tournaments to watch and i can't wait to play it i bet well we'll uh we'll definitely be rooting for you um really appreciate the time today you're um, welcome we'll definitely be out at the uh houston open as well uh rooting you on so thanks Thomas. Forward to watching you. yeah and appreciate appreciate the time you guys are great thanks for calling thanks scott thanks for uh calling in and uh, really enjoyed your time guys and you, anytime you see anything just or see me just come up and say hi hey you got we'll it Chris Perfect. officially a friend of the show we'll, we'll get you back on it. soon <laughs> and absolutely uh, anytime even if you're willing you know we're here in Houston if you're willing to play with a couple of hacks we're always down to go tee it up <laughs> um, I love it I love it anytime guys you got it y'all have a good one thanks All for right, calling take care Chris